1: All right, I'm Ron Calgary. The Mighty House team is back with Hour 2 of the show. You can join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, Smart265, and what? Hey, turn around, Robbie. Smart265. And Maggie Rad, that's M-A-G hyphen E-R-A-D. And wherever you're watching, click on the like button and subscribe so that you will be notified when we hit the air. We're broadcasting worldwide and live from 7 to 10 every Saturday. At MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcasts of previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at MightyHouse. And you can give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at mrfloor.com. And uh, with that, we'll bring in uh, Kumar Jensen. Is that correct, sir?
2: That is correct.
1: And, okay, so check out this title, Rich. You ready? Yes. Chief Sustainability and Resilience Officer for the City of Evanston. Is that correct? Resilience. That, that yeah, is resilience. correct.
3: Evanston is resilient now, or wasn't it before? Now you're trying to make
1: it resilient?
2: I think it may be all of the above, right? It, does does your uh,
1: compensation reflect the length of your title? <laughs> if If
2: only. If only.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Because that's like that's a hell of a title. Who came up with it? It's
2: it's a long one. Uh, really, it came out of I think the the development of the city's climate action and resilience plan. Okay, and so when that plan was passed by city council in December of 2018, so a little over a year ago, there was this recognition that doing things that reduce energy consumption um, and increase sustainability, but also result in um, you know decreasing our risks related to climate change, needed to be married and be one under one plan um, and have one sort of direction.
1: Got it. So, and you got stuck with that. Right? I, I did. Or you yeah. accepted the, uh, the challenge.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So,
1: what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Then, what? Are, what? What? Are, what's uh, kind of like your your role there? What
2: right. You... So, uh, I work in the city manager's office. So, I'm an appointed uh, bureaucrat by the city manager. Okay. Uh, he and... called himself a bureaucrat. His,
4: his <laughs> he <mic> did. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ron, his mic needs to go way up.
2: His mic needs to go way up.
4: <laughs> yes, I'm getting okay. texts from people in Chicago telling me that the signal is extremely low. And I can barely hear him. Okay. Here.
1: All right. Uh, hey, I'm Should gonna we... turn. I'm gonna turn him off here. You got him there, Fresh freshman. Okay. I'm turning him off. No, try it again.
2: All right. How is it now? Oh, that's way better. A lot better? Excellent. All right. So.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you, everybody
3: who I see that now. Thank you very much.
2: Wonderful. Okay. Uh, So, uh, right. I'm appointed by the city manager. uh, And so we are an office of two at the moment. And primarily, what I do day to day is a variety of things. Uh, My work spans program implementation, I do a lot of education and outreach. So, helping residents, community organizations, and businesses understand what programs we have available to them, but also thinking about particularly the risks of climate change and trying to help people understand uh, that we're likely to see an an increase in in flooding-type events and extreme heat. And we're not exactly sure as things warm generally throughout, um, throughout the globe, we'll also see a shift in our climate zones. Right. And so what does that mean for our plants, for our buildings, um, for recreation? It it has a lot of far-reaching impacts. And so my, my job spans, uh, both the communications, the implementation and the policy of all that. So it's a, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff, but I have, I have a good team to work with.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, one of the things that, that caught my eye that you guys were doing too, was, um, you had, you're starting a, What's this called? It's a grant program uh, for zero waste and environmental justice projects. What's what's that all about? Is that
3: the exact term, grant program <laughs> for zero yeah, waste? Yeah, I think or... he, wrote his, he
1: wrote his title, <laughs> but then he came up with this, too. City grant program seeks zero
2: waste and environmental justice projects. Right. That must be the, the press release uh, yes. tagline. Exactly. So once the, the climate action plan, what we call it, CARP, Climate Action and Resilience Plan. So once carp was approved but you're trying to get rid of carp. (laughs) you are trying to prevent some carp from getting into yeah okay exactly so once that plan was passed there that part of the reason why that plan has been so effective and there's so much energy around it is because there's a lot of community organizations already doing a lot of work in the sustainability and climate space in evanston Um, and so that may be uh district 65 parents Uh, those green teams, uh, local nonprofits, um, or uh, communities of faith. And so what we wanted to do sort of right out out of the gate was provide a little bit of support to existing uh, organizations and efforts. And so we said, you know what, let's do a a pretty quick summer grant cycle to focus on areas that we've already gotten a lot of feedback on that community members care about. And those two that that came up for us were uh, zero waste, and so thinking about ways to reduce material use, and then also what's being sent to the landfill. Um, So increasing, you know, using reusables, but also composting and recycling. Um, And then also thinking about environmental justice, we've had some very long-standing history of community organizing in Evanston around particularly air quality. Um, And so we wanted to then also provide an opportunity and a, you know, a small short-term funding source to help maybe with some smaller projects that people have been wanting to do, but maybe haven't had a funding source.
1: Really? So- uh, and, and that could be anything then within
2: right pretty much our parameters uh for evaluating the projects and we funded all of them actually we right. were able to fund i think there was uh, it was eight or nine uh projects all under a thousand dollars um so he's you know it was about eight and eight or nine thousand dollars in total uh, for all the projects um and so what we asked was we wanted them to explicitly connect their project to the climate action and resilience plan say, you know, looking at this plan, what parts of this do you feel able and equipped to carry out and support? Um, because we recognize it's a, it's a 43 page document. There's 140 some actions in there, mm-hmm. 40 policies. It is a, it is a behemoth, right? It is sure. covering um, a lot of different things. And we recognize as a city, we're not going to be able to do all these things ourselves, right? So right. whatever we can do, when there's opportunities for us to help build capacity and support existing efforts, we should actually step in and do what we can.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
2: So, um, just give us one example of, of so one of the
1: programs that you've, you guys have supported.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the programs is actually um, uh, kicking off today, uh, and so it is a program run by Quest for Earth. Well, it's called Quest for Earth, but it's run by Tiz Media Foundation, um, and it, which is a nonprofit that focuses on um, STEM and digital digital literacy. Okay. Um, and particularly the Quest for Earth program is focused on um, using STEM to help communicate primarily to uh, black and brown youth in in Evanston about climate justice. And so um, what they focus on uh, primarily or what they've been doing at least the last two years is doing PSAs. So they'll have um, experts come in and talk about energy efficiency or trees um, or transportation uh, or stormwater, all these different topics that relate to um, sustainability and climate change. And then the students will ask questions, they'll interview, those experts and then they will come up with actually recorded you know video um directed and uh, video PSAs and we're hoping that as the city we can actually then take some of those and put them on our public access channel and I can share them through some of our oh, our wow. media so we're helping um, we're not the only funder uh, supporting that but it is one 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 project we're supporting that, that's amazing
1: yeah that, that, that all that's going on and and uh I mean it just I, I caught i I caught some of the information on this program through another email I think that I got from uh the what's that environmental agency that through evanston
2: the, the was what? it the evanston Environmental Association yeah absolutely yeah so yeah.
1: I, that, and that's how, that's how I found out about it and it's amazing that that you guys are doing all this stuff, and people
2: just don't even know about do
3: it do <clears throat> excuse me, do all towns have a person like you?
2: Unfortunately, no. or fortunately, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure which, but no. Um, uh, never per- <laughs> heard of it before. <laughs> and they also go by a lot of different titles. So I'm also part of a, a national organization called the Urban Sustainability Directors Network, which is actually founded in Chicago um, about 10 years ago. And now it's it's a network of sort of formally 215 cities in North America that have. Sort of the parameters are, are, some, are that they have to have a dedicated staff person working on sustainability. They may not have my title. They may be the sustainability officer or an environmental project coordinator or um, a sustainability director or sometimes they're like the economic development uh, okay. director who also has been tasked by the mayor or the administrator to also do Sustainability. So one of the cool things if you look around the country and even the state about how these positions are configured is they're all over the place. And it really, I think, speaks to the broad nature um, and the way that individual communities, based on their own context, can can frame it how they want and what makes sense to their own values. Excellent. All right. We're talking with Kumar Jensen. He's the chief sustainability and
1: resiliency officer for the city of Evanston. And uh, like I said, I ran across your information there. I'd I'd like to we got to take a break here in a second, but uh, I kind of like to see what you guys are doing for housing and and uh, see what what kind of programs you guys have coming out there and how that applies to housing and and uh, and affordable housing and stuff like that too, because I think that's uh, that's another big area that that needs to be addressed. So absolutely. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back with Kumar next. You are listening to mighty house this
0: is mighty house mighty house will return why why must life be so hard why must i fail in every attempt at masonry it's Mighty House Every Call Mighty it's House ha- now At 877-711-5611 And get advice from the experts themselves This is Mighty House
1: Alright, you can follow us on Facebook By looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show And our Twitter handle is At Mighty House You can also give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline It's 877-711-5611 And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe and you can learn more at MrFloor.com. If somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, how could they uh, do that?
4: Go to mightyhouse.net, click on the Contact Us page. Just put in your first and last name, email address, and scroll on down and click on Boom Done.
1: Boom Done. Just like that. It'll just all like be, that. Just be squared away, and then you'll be notified of uh, guests and information. And
4: giveaways. Stuff,
1: giveaways, which uh, we're going to be talking about that later. I think we came up with a new plan here. So. Yes, we, uh, yes, we do. All right, and uh, in the studio with us is Kumar Jensen, and he is the Chief Sustainability and Resilience Officer for the City of Evanston. Uh, I still love the title. Yeah, <laughs> I still get a lot of Chief mileage out of it. <laughs> sustainability
3: and Resilience.
1: Yes. So, um, so this being a home improvement show, I I can only assume that sustainability that some of the stuff you're working on could apply to homes. And where people are living. And uh, do you have any like programs and stuff that you're doing for homeowners?
2: Right. That's an excellent question. So one of the things that I always like to uh, do in, in contextualizing what we do around buildings is take a one quick step back and just say, when we're thinking about particularly greenhouse gas emissions um, in Evanson, uh, we do something that's called a Greenhouse Gas Emissions Inventory, where we look at all the different sources of energy in Evanson and how they're contributing uh, greenhouse gases. And so one of the things we know about Evanson is that 80 percent of our emissions in Evanson come from buildings come from electricity and natural gas from buildings. Really? Which is astronomical. It, it I mean, that's it's really... It's um, not the cars and the trucks ru- running the streets. I mean, that's still a significant portion, but in comparison and the length of time that it takes, as you all know, to make changes in, in buildings, uh, we really need to be uh, focusing in and, and creating some policies and programs that really focus on existing buildings um, and their energy consumption. So at the moment, a lot of our programs uh, that, that do focus on energy efficiency Um, and rehabilitating homes and doing things that make homes healthier and safer are really run out of our our health department and our community development and our housing departments. And so one of my goals uh, is to using the information we have in our climate action plan um, and probably conducting some additional studies and analysis to figure out how we actually um, work to accelerate some of the programs, particularly the utility rebate programs that are available from our two um, energy utilities uh, in the region. Mm-hmm. Because we we know that to meet Evanson's goals, uh, emissions reduction goals, and 100 percent renewable energy commitment, we need to uh, quickly – quickly start reducing energy consumption in buildings. Sure, sure. Um, And as you all, you know, were talking about uh, earlier this morning, but I, I know I've talked about before, there's a lot of different strategies and it depends on your building type, your size, housing. We have a lot of housing in Evanston. We have a lot of multifamily housing in Evanston. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a significant need around affordable housing and maintaining that we do not make improvements to buildings that then displace people. Sure. Right? And so one of the – we have a specific program uh, that is actually an evaluation program right now that is focused on – it's a grant program through the Partners for Places um, uh, organization with support from the Evanston Community Foundation and the Chicago Community Trust to essentially look at what it would take to take affordable housing – um, existing affordable housing in Evanson and transition it to being highly energy efficient and also this term we're using called being climate resilient, mm-hmm. so climate resilient building standard. So essentially thinking about um, risk to flooding, uh, passive survivability. So how long can someone stay in their home or their building if the power goes out and you know temperature outside is either really high or really low? So I would say at the moment um, for our programs, we're really in, in an evaluation space and then also trying to connect with existing programs through the utilities
1: i, I don't know i mean I, and i'm sure rich has done a lot of the stuff where we do blower door testing i mean that's something mm-hmm. i think you know if you were just a, even these older homes you could go through do some blower door testing and and re- reduce the uh the energy usage significantly uh just by doing blower door testing it's it's fairly inexpensive you could give each homeowner a game plan then of what they need to do to, to go ahead and wrap up their home and and tighten things up and and uh, you know I guess part of the problem is everybody thinks well I just tear down all these old homes but that's already done the building is already there I don't think you know okay so it's it's built it may not be energy efficient but it it's the greenest home you can have because it's already done you're not cutting down trees you're not making more cabinets you're
2: not doing all of that stuff to build a new home so right absolutely absolutely and so uh, blower door tests are a great um, are a great start one of the things that we found is that. Uh, we have had community organizations, particularly Elevate Energy and Citizens Greener Evanson, which is a local environmental nonprofit, um, have done some of that work to help connect residents with that technical assistance, whether it's through the utilities or separately. And one of the things that we like to figure out at the city and and, uh, and obviously with community partners is how we then get people from that initial assessment or an energy audit to actually then being able to make some of the improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you know, some of that I think we we may need some help from the state. Um, to figure out helping people through financing uh, because that's the real – can be the real challenge, right? I mean we do know that the people that have the highest energy burden are also the lowest income. Right. And so their ability to, you know, change out a window or, um, you know, blow in some some insulation into their walls or, you know, seal up up some of these, um, you know, cracks in the doors and things like that, that can be a really – it's a very high barrier for some people. Right, right.
4: But that's one of the things that we complain about, too. I said I think one of the problems you see is that, obviously, being a capitalist society, the, the, the companies that are out there advertising, you know, the window companies will tell you changing your windows is going to save you a ton of money, which is not the truth, unless you've got bad windows. I mean, if you've got gaps and air leakage that bad, yes, But for the most part, changing your windows isn't going to do a damn thing to your house. It's going up through the ceilings and things like that. So then you've got the box stores that are giving you free blower machines if you buy the product from them, but they're not air sealing. So we Mm -hmm. talk about this over and over and over. It's trying to educate the public that there are certain steps you must do. And the blower door test is really one of the most critical. And when I got trained to do it, I've never done one. I mean, other than my test, because nobody wants to pay for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can't drive a half hour to a job set up, do this test and get a hundred bucks. It You can't make money doing it. Right. Right. So something's got to change somewhere because it's just.
1: Right. You know. And I think maybe that's the bridge that you guys are trying to create. Um, and right. I know it sounds
4: like it. And that's yeah, good.
1: Yeah. And uh, I know that. Um, what is it? Is it NICOR that does it or maybe Comed actually has a as a program? I think it was NICOR
4: that was doing I don't know if they still do, but I was a year ago or so.
1: Yeah, they were they were coming in, they were gonna they did the blower door test and then they actually uh, had a program to actually put the insulation in and do the air sealing for you as, as it was all part of that um, mm-hmm. program they were running. So um, I mean I don't know that I don't know if that applies to what you guys are doing now or even if they're still doing it, but um, that, that's still a good source, I think, for it. The other side of that is like you were talking earlier too, is uh, affordable housing uh we did a house we we were doing a flip on a house the the gas bill was 500 bucks a month I, but this is a little chicago bungalow mm-hmm. i i think they went into foreclosure because they couldn't afford the gas bill absolutely when we got which do- is
4: insane when you figure <laughs> you know how you could have air sealed that and insulated mm-hmm. and probably got that bill to 100 bucks a month
1: when when we sold it it, it was in July, in january and the bill was $75. Wow. Wow. So, okay. So, yes, we did do that stuff. We did a lot of green stuff to it. Um, and, but the point is, that's still an old building. It's still over 100 years old. The, the gas bills went from 500 to 75 And now somebody can afford to live there. Absolutely. And um so I think there's more of that that needs to be done and and how do you you just got to get that information out to people and that's how you make affordable housing. It may not be the cost of the building but how much it costs to live there.
2: Right. Yeah, thinking about affordability holistically, right? It's not just rent. Yes. That's not the only thing that may lead to displacement or someone not being able to stay or move into to their to a home and so we certainly also like to think on that same vein um, as you're as you're flipping a house or you're doing uh, these renovations also thinking about indoor air quality right and indoor environmental health mm-hmm. because those can also be triggers that lead to increased costs and have impacts if, if people have children on on schools and so we're also trying to look at some of the data that's out there that's showing these correlations and there are some other communities that we're learning from as well, particularly as we go back and think about this Partners for Places project that we that we're doing, so that we're not what I'm, you know, what we want to try to prevent is is sort of taking a one-sided intervention approach and saying, we know we're just going to look at energy in a home and recognizing there are a lot of other reverberating benefits from that. And so it's not necessarily it's not a terrible idea, but right. there's if we're going to be in buildings thinking about this type of stuff, we can also think about other potential triggers and displacement um Uh, pressures
1: yeah excellent so you just can't use the bigger hammer theory (laughs) no nope, (laughs) because the bigger hammer on this house might work fine but on the next one it just doesn't so right so you really no, but that's
4: why you know like we said so the air sealing insulation but Mm -hmm. then properly sizing your equipment right uh, window orientation on your windows you know whether the u-value and the solar heat gain coefficient there's Mm -hmm. so many small things we do to you know Create a better place and reduce that energy is is amazing. It's easy,
2: right. and that and that's a lot. I think that's an, the other side of this for us, right? So the one side is sort of evaluating and trying to understand what the current situation is and what barriers exist those barriers may be financial they may be education but they also may be policy right there there are building codes exist and uh, allow and require certain things that may be somewhat mm-hmm. contradictory in, in some cases and so the other side of this is looking at our building code updates and saying okay are we are are these uh, is this structure in line with these goals um, and with you know, other goals, like particularly related to affordable housing and, and indoor air quality. And so you're trying to kind of look at both sides of it at the All same right. time. We don't have the luxury of time to just kind of wait and, and see which one's going to work. All right. Kumar, your information? Uh, so uh, you can reach me uh, at – I'm going to give you my phone number and sure. my email. Go ahead. 847-448-8199. Or uh, sustainability at cityofedmondson.org. Excellent. It's I appreciate easy. your time. And, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kumar. Thank you so much we'll for having me. get you back in here. Thanks. Thanks. Wonderful. We'll be-
0: is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. <laughs> it's 9 o'clock hour, Al. got to fast.
3: Fresh wheat. We'll have you here
1: at 9 o'clock. All right. Let's see. Uh, English side ruined. Must use French instructions.
3: Le grill. Le grill.
0: What the hell is that? It's they Mighty House. They said H-E-L-L. Call Mighty House now at 877 877- uh-huh. okay. 711- Hell is fine. Hell is fine. Yes.
3: What the, the hell, Andrew? The experts okay.
0: themselves.
3: This is Mighty House. What the hell, Ron Cowgill? You know what? I can say hell.
1: Join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor, Smart265, and Maggie Rad. And wherever you're watching, click on the uh, like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. You can also give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. are all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at
3: mr Dot com. Dot com.
1: .com. Right. So, uh, looks like Rich got it. Called away for an uh, emergency phone call there. So Oh my gosh. Let's okay. go to the phones. Uh you got that, Andrew? Uh yeah. You I mean pull it up. Who's
2: who is it? Uh it is David. He's calling from San Francisco. He's got a question about architectural standards.
1: Okay. Excellent. Hey David, you're on Mighty House. <laughs> yeah. yeah, morning. Uh yeah,
5: calling you from San Francisco.
3: David, how uh, are yeah. you finding <laughs> us? Where are you watching us? Or listening. Oh, I'm Andrew?
5: listening actually. Uh I think W C P T.
3: Yeah, through their <laughs> through
1: their app. Yeah.
3: Very nice. Thank you very much. I am wearing my WCPT t-shirt today.
1: Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. With, with Smart 265 yeah, on
5: the back. Yeah, <laughs> where I was, was going to go, though, was, sure. um, you know, if, if you look at, uh, did, did you ever uh, see uh, Georgia O'Keefe, you know, the famous artist? Mm-hmm. She lived in a kind of nice house that was built into the hillside mm-hmm. so that it would keep it cooler, right? Yep. She lived in uh, Arizona, if I remember right, or New Mexico, and it was all blazing hot desert down there. So building the house into the hillside, uh, took the heat of the earth, which was, what, generally about 50, 55, something in there? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, a and, and lot of windows. Uh, you know, you had nice natural light, plus you could, like, be, uh, you know, it, it, it was cool and calm as opposed to 105 all the time. Correct. And so, yeah, and so if you were to look at uh, architectural standards, like if global warming's really happening, we're going to need to have some kind of nice bunker houses, <laughs> or, or like, um, say, like they've been having these floods last uh, this year. You know, spring and summer yeah. there were floods all over America. And if you had like a county park that built in a nice, almost like an auditorium, like that with nice windows, you could barbecue up there in the normal part of the use of the park. But in a disaster, man, you could use it real well. Yeah. So, uh I am just wondering uh, if you've got ideas about that and how uh I mean, Homeland Security, I don't want them snooping on snoot, snooping and snitching on me. Right. I'd like them to pay I'd like Homeland Security to pay for a thing like that. You know, a nice one, not some funky, you know, useless bunker, right. but uh, right. a, a, a nice uh auditorium, public square kind of uh place which would be great in a disaster.
1: Yeah, so it, it it doubles. It's it 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 looks like it's a a normal facility, but it also is a is a uh, is a shelter then in in case of emergencies. And I I would uh, venture to guess that anything that Rich is building in Florida right now is is a shelter and yes, and, and, could, and or a bunker,
4: is it not, sir? Yes, you could definitely you know, write out the, the zombie apocalypse in one of our houses because <laughs> it's all impact glass, so they can't break in. It's all block walls they're not going to chew through. So, yeah. This sounds like a insane.
3: challenge. Yeah. So,
4: no,
5: it's- Well, and then with architectural standards in a bigger picture, though, uh, say, like, you know, if, if uh, as I understand it, with global warming, the average roof temperature is not going to be 125 anymore. It might be 145. Uh-huh. So those shingles, are, the shingles are going to fall apart years quicker. Yep. And, uh, and so all sorts of architectural standards are going to have to be changed. And in fact, if they're too oily, in a hundred and, you know, there must be a flammable point, you know, which uh, some shingles probably turn into, you know, flammable gases. Sure. And uh, so, so architectural standards are going to have to be changed for even selling cheap shingles. Right. Uh, So I'm I'm just wondering. You know, is anybody? So
4: you end up with that double problem, though. Then because you know, as we increase energy conservation codes and energy efficiency and building standards and elevating, the other side of that whole conversation is affordable housing. And we already have a crisis. There is no affordable housing, and it's only going to get worse because too many people are trying to do the right thing. In other words, it's, it's, you know, how do you find that balance? You want it to be energy efficient, you want it to be safe, but it's going to be too costly for the average person to buy or even rent because the cost, you got to cover your, your cost even if you're going to rent it.
1: Yep. And, you know, I think... Uh, say knowledge
5: is power, you know, laws of physics and whatnot. And so if, if the heating is going to get up so high that the flammability point of shingle is, then it's... it's the. the the quicker the city moves on it, the more money and lives it'll save, you know, because yeah. they're going to be 140-degree t- days, and if they're flammable. So I, I'm just saying, you know, that with with global warming, these guys are going out of their way to ignore it, the politicians. The Koch brothers are paying the people to keep quiet, right? And And it's putting us in danger by, you know, concrete roads are buckling quicker with uh, instead of 120 degree pavement, it's going to be 130 and 40. Uh, yeah. They're talking 160 in Saudi Arabia.
1: 160. Wow. wow. So you
5: know, I mean, this is yeah. This is and uh, the quicker the more they ignore it, the more danger we're put in.
1: Yeah. So they that some of the things I think they're doing, uh, you know, there's there's more metal roofs, so that'll that solves that heating issue there. Uh, more reflectability just, in as,
4: the roofs. just as a just as a side note the. Uh, flashpoint of an asphalt shingles, 260 degrees Celsius, oh, 500 so we got, degrees Fahrenheit. So we've got some time. Now.
1: we got a ways to go there. Okay.
4: So, and I'm not a big fan of global warming. I'm not a, uh, what I mean by that is I don't like that phrase. It's almost like greenwashing. Uh, climate change is good. I think it's much better. Um, and the simple reasoning you know, or the distinction to me is that, yes, we have climate change, and now it's how much are we impacting it? Because I'm pretty sure from what I was taught 10,000 years ago, all of North America was covered under ice. So as far as I know, we've been warming for 10,000 years. Uh, may We may be accelerating that, but... This just might be a natural Earth process. We haven't been here long enough, nor do we have the records to prove it. So they take ice samples in Antarctica and they, you know, and they analyze gases and so on. And that's where they're coming up with this. I'm not saying we're not impacting our planet, but I don't think it's all us. I think it, it's, it's climate us ver- moving through the universe at 70,000 miles per second following the sun and we just might be in a warm spot. You know what I mean? It's like who who the hell really knows. And it's, it's it, crazy.
1: Yeah, and what they're calling it as climate variability, which is there you go. is is what it it's it's they're they're starting to call it today. So,
4: um But I, and then know, George chimed in too. He brought up a great point. So even the state of Illinois passes or most states will pass their own energy conservation code, right. but yet the home municipalities don't adopt it or don't enforce it. Sure. So now it's like a disservice to the public. So it's just, you know, somebody worked their butt off to get this code passed, but if nobody's going to enforce it, then it still goes by the wayside.
1: Right. Just like we should be blower door testing each home before, you know, and before it's being sold so that you know what what the rating is, an energy efficiency rating of that home is.
4: Well they tried and, that, right? Wasn't it was it gonna be uh, not energy store, what is whatever they're gonna call that program, which I've never it's never gotten legs.
1: No. It's it's on it's on the MLS sheet. And it's yeah. listing on there, but nobody does it and nobody right. fills it out. And nobody knows what it is because it's just not being done. So, what do they
4: call it? It's not Energy Star. It's what is it?
1: No, uh, no, I can't remember what it's called. Home Energy
4: Score or yeah, something like that. Like that.
1: Yeah, so it's on the MLS sheet, but it's, it's never filled out. So, yeah. uh, all right, I appreciate the phone call there, Dave. Thanks, David. All right, bye bye. And uh, so, I mean, Dave brings up a great point there. We're, we are changing, and we were talking about that with Kumar. We are changing the way we're mm-hmm. building homes to make them more energy efficient, to address the climate variability that we're we're getting into today. Right. And we have to keep – somehow we have to figure out how to keep that affordable, and that, that's Kumar's job.
4: <laughs> well, that's where I'm saying you know, that it's, it's almost impossible, I mean, with what we have to do to build a home.
1: In Florida –
4: to, you know, to withstand I mean,
1: hurricanes but, and and everything that's going on, down
4: but building there. it up. I mean, the the house that I'm going to start. I mean, I got to put piles in, yeah, to keep it, the house from moving. I got to then elevate it to keep it from flooding, and just those two steps right there twenty thousand dollars, or I'm sorry, forty thousand dollars. Right. And and you don't even have you know, anything you, you can. Most get people inside. I know up in the Chicago area, if they're looking to buy a house, they're looking to spend hundred twenty to hundred and fifty. Yep. So just to elevate my house is forty thousand. My building permits forty thousand. Uh, you know the dirt's a hundred thousand. So we haven't even got past yeah. the dirt. You know what I mean? We haven't yeah. started building the house yet. So you, you that's just have a foundation. It's not affordable anymore.
1: Right. So uh, so then how do we bridge that gap? How do we? Take-
4: Everybody has to live in the mountains in Kentucky <laughs> or Tennessee, which I would do in a heartbeat because it's beautiful, it's like, there. gorgeous there. Yeah, but. That's the thing because there you have less chance of anything. But once it becomes populated, they right. cut down trees. It dries out. You have forest fire. Everybody loses again. Yep. 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 So and, and, and that's flooding what in California. That's a George Hers rating.
1: Hers, there you go. Thanks, George. Yeah.
4: Thanks, George. <laughs> I know. It's like I it was love on, you, I George. Could see it, but I couldn't. Yep. Think of it.
1: Yep. 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 So the. Um, hey, wait
4: a second. What time is it? It's quarter to ten. Well, quarter Easter. to nine. Yeah, no. Jeff's out cutting the grass early, he, early. Oh, jeez. Until 30. we don't hear it. Oh no, oh, I you do. will. Do you? Yeah. He can hear him out there. Why
1: can't I hear it? I don't know. Yeah. I like hearing it in the middle of winter because then I smell the uh, the smell of yeah, freshly yep. cut grass. It stimulates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you know, I think we have to figure out. And, and here's the bridge. I think is now we have to take existing structures. And now how do we take those existing structures and then make them more energy efficient and affordable at the same time? And now right. that is, I think that there's the key. We can't start new and build brand new because the cost of that structure is just going to be way too well, much. And,
4: but even the municipalities aren't helping. If I wanted to, if I bought a plot of land, say I got 10 acres and I wanted to build 40 houses. Uh-huh. So it's a quarter acre each. Yep. And it was all going to be affordable housing. Um, the way they set up the ratios, affordable housing means that it's going to sell for like what? 80% of the market value or something like that. Okay. So if my market is 500,000, as long as they're 400,000, they're now affordable houses. What? Yeah. That's how the, everything works in ratios. It's not dictated. The so other side of that is the city out. does, or the municipalities do not give you a break on building permit fees, you know, and all that. So you're still paying.
1: Right. Right. Well, now we need, so now now say, we need to get know, Kumar back in
4: and say, hey. Well, that's just it. I mean, so, yeah, but you're talking about energy efficiency and sustainability yeah. and resiliency. But then affordable housing is a whole other thing that you can't, it's hard to get the two together. Yeah. Because yeah. in order to do this, you, your upfront costs are higher, but the longevity is there.
1: Yep. You got it. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with Clutter Clarity next. Woo-hoo! woo
0: This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return.
4: Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way.
0: It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves.
1: This is Mighty House. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. If you want to give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline, it's 877-711-5611, and you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at
3: MrFloor.com.
1: All right, there we go. And if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, how can they do that?
4: Um, You would go over to mightyhouse.net, click on the contact us page, just enter your first and last name, your email address, scroll on down and click on boom, done.
1: Boom, done. Just like that. Okay. Yes. Bam. Just like that. So uh, the client tool of the month is the eight in one insulated interchangeable screwdriver set. Comes in a nice little folding case, uh, but... The only exposed metal on the entire screwdriver is the very tip that you actually put into the screw, screw into the screw, or whatever you're driving, Robbie.
3: What? <laughs> you keep using bad words.
1: No, 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 no. You're, you're, it's your brain what? translating what I'm saying. That's very funny. So, it's an insulated screwdriver. If you want to get on the list, give Trixie a call at eight seven seven. Seven one one five six one one 5611 We'll be giving away that set that is the client tool of the month for October. And uh we'll be giving it away. So. You know
3: what? We have another are we not gonna do social media on my new bag? My new backpack?
1: We can. We'll do that next hour.
3: I'd like my new you know what we're gonna do next hour?
1: Social we're gonna... media influencer.
3: Next hour we're gonna talk about the shortage of young people. <laughs> It's spinning cracking me up it's just cracking me up uh-huh. this guy behind what me, is, is quacking the guy you behind off? you is just spinning on his chair him. in circles
2: i'm trying my best to teach everything i can
1: but i'm busy back here he's bored out of his
2: mind oh
3: my gosh why is he here again to learn yeah to sleep. Okay, next hour, he's going to be in front of the cameras here talking to us about the shortage of young people in the industries okay. and what we can do about it.
2: And uh, okay. do you want to do the Skype cam for Facebook of the... Of the oh, yeah. The of the other bags? bags. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll I'll do that. have that ready for you. Okay, we'll do that Whatever all next
3: hour. Whatever it takes. And
1: we're going to give some away, too. So if, if you want, you're going to have to stay tuned next hour. Uh, we're not
3: uh, giving anything away.
1: No, you, you know who... Uh, yeah, we can give them away. Mr. Floor. Mr. Floor.
3: I know your question is going to be who sponsors my segment, Mr. Floor. <laughs> this is the best part of the show. What? Spinner. We'll call him Spinner.
1: We have fresh have, meat and spinner
3: in the back. Do you have spinner. a disarrangement
1: disorder? You can't seem to get that jumbled hodgepodge a pile of chaos spinner. in one place. Maybe it's time for a little disposal, a little cleanup, a little eradication, evacuation, liquidation, and purgification. Here's Robbie with a tip on how to put some neatness into your disorder. This is Clutter Clarity on Mighty House. I made it. I caught up. He wow. me from this prison. Lord, help, help me get away. Way. Spinner spinning. Yeah, he's spinner. There he goes again. only you can save me now
3: from this this is i can't it needs to be louder so i don't hear myself singing like that louder i've been lost in my own place and i'm getting weary how far is heaven and i know that i need to change my ways of living how far is heaven? Lord, can you tell me? There you go. Rich, wake up.
1: <laughs> I'm wake fine. Up.
3: My Oh, there's
1: Spinner. <laughs> Spinner's up.
4: <laughs> spinner.
1: Spinner's up on the Facebook and Twitter. Go ahead, Spinner. Show us. There he is. Do the one on your knees. That was Do pretty it. funny. <laughs> there you go. Look at that.
3: Very nice. Oh, so I thought I'd get Rich and Ron involved in this Clutter Clarity Uh-oh. segment.
1: Right. But we always do, and we interrupt you all the time, and then you, you get upset with us.
3: Well, what I want to talk about is when you... want when to sit you, down? No. I want my...
1: Camera to cam- go up?
3: Camera to follow me when I move.
1: Oh. See.
3: Because otherwise it's just CPT. Right. Um. Anyway... So I was looking at different clutter tips, and they say about your basement, you know, whatever. And it was just making me think about when you go in and remodel a basement or you go in for U.S. waterproofing, what happens when you walk in after a basement has been either flooded or sewer backup or something? What's it look like in there? Is there a lot of stuff floating around? Not poop, but... (laughs) Is there a lot of damage? Eight
1: fifty-four in the morning, and uh, the word came out. Yes.
3: So, do people have cluttered basements? Oh yeah. Okay. What can we do? What can people
1: do? Call Robbie to have it cleaned out.
3: Yes. Cle- yeah, yeah. There's that. But I'm just saying, when you go in, then- are people prepared for for
1: for us to go in there and do for it? backups? Are people
3: no. people are thinking, "Wow, there's no chance this is never going to happen." Right.
1: Well, people have a sump pump, they think it's going to be fine, and then they have a uh, battery backup system. So they think, okay, now I'm really going to be fine. But then the power goes out for a day and a half, their sump pump, back; the battery backup runs out, and now they get a flood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, unless you're going to put a generator on the house, that's, that's really the only way to save it.
3: So people... And,
1: and you need a battery backup system, and you need a main pump. Right. So
3: some people have never flooded. Is that just luck of the draw? Is it a potential that everybody's gonna flood at some point?
4: Nah, not I, everybody. No.
1: I don't think so. I mean it, it wow. it's, it's location, it's it's what's going on, how the how the drainage around the house is. I mean, there's a lot of variables to it. There are houses in Chicago that don't have sump pumps. And they're absolutely fine. They don't have they don't have the drain tile, they don't have any of that stuff. And they stay
4: dry.
3: But so, there are so is it When you go in there, is it a finished basement that gets ruined, unfinished basement? Of course. Basement?
4: If it was all crap and concrete block, it would never flood. You have to put money <laughs> down there for it to go bad.
1: There you go, brother. That's exactly what happens.
4: You know, <laughs> put we 50, bought 000... the house 20 years ago. We've never had a spot of water in there. Then we've had the basement finished, and it floods constantly now.
1: Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of scary, but I know that people keep things... So let's say it's an unfinished basement. You just keep stacking it up with cardboard boxes of stuff. Yeah, that put,
1: makes me crazy. We put up shelving, and uh, you know, you put up
4: to sh- get it off the floor, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. if it's if it's two feet off the floor, then you're most likely you're going to be safe.
3: Okay, so that's a good rule of thumb there. Everything should be two feet. So mm. cinder So you get
4: three feet of water.
1: Yeah. Rich. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, no, I mean that's just that's just Murphy's <laughs> law, right? I mean.
1: I mean, I have seen basements that where you open the basement door and the water's right to the fr- to the top step. I've 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 seen that.
4: Me so, too.
1: And uh, I've even had rubber water
4: duckies up. floating around.
1: Yeah. Um. So you know, then then you're going through basement windows, breaking a basement window, and throwing pump hoses in there and starting to pump the basement up. Yeah. But in
3: most it's the, cases, people aren't it's the
4: indoor under slab swimming pool. <laughs> yes. There you go.
3: And people aren't prepared, and they no. have things. They don't keep things in plastic. So if they're kept in the heavy-duty, like... rubber, rubber made boxes? Totes and things like yeah. that, you're going to be protecting yourself. Sure. If you keep it up higher, you're going to protect yourself. Yep. Um, do you ever go in and see furniture that maybe had been moved and never used, so it's wrapped in plastic wrap?
4: Still? Yeah. I yeah. mean like my grandmother's?
3: That's horrible. No, no, well, no, no. Actually, no. it wasn't that.
4: No, she just wrapped it in plastic so that... You know, remember the old days? you yeah, so just put a vinyl cover. right? Like
3: a slipcover thing. Yeah, no, 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 like and moving then, plastic, and like you, and the you saran stuck wrap. to it in the summer. Yeah,
1: no, not that. I stuff. mean,
3: yes, that's that's what you <laughs> stick to in the summer. But I'm saying, like, so in some basements I go into, there's furniture that had been moved, and it's like the saran wrap all around it. So what happens when that gets wet? Toss it. Yes, because there's no way you can dry that up because all the mold and mildew has gotten inside there.
1: Right. Well, you can, you can probably take it in and have it cleaned, and you might be able to re- save it, but it's, yeah, if it's no. been floating, it's done. Okay. Say, say bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. We'll B- be back right after Bye. this with hour three next. Bye. This is Mighty House. Mighty
0: House will return.